So we come to the last part of the issue and uh, as we can see what Savitri is striving for is uh, material conquest. So it's physical death, not just death at different levels and living in the consciousness of immortality. It's very easy for yogis to dwell in the consciousness of immortality. But here it's a question of Satyavan's body's material destiny being cancelled. So the idea is that if his material destiny will be cancelled, it means all the forces of matter, they come under the part of the spirit's conquest. That's what it logically means. Without it, it's impossible. So that is what she is striving. Uh, matter and uh, of course our physical body as part of it is the guard of these forces. It's the fort for these dark forces. And that is why in <coughs> Indian thought we will see that it is Prithvi which is being taken up uh, by again and again by the Asuras and she goes and cries that there is weight over me. So the significance of matter is immense. Matter is the condition for the manifestation of the spirit. Otherwise, if it is just a question of realizing the spirit, the self, the soul, countless people have done and countless more will do subsequently. But that's not enough for Shirobindo and the mother. There are ways already well established and one can pick and choose, withdraw from material life, realize the self or go still further. And as far the, as the body is concerned, let it go through its own process, through the law of past momentum and the present law of earth nature. And after a while, drop it and enter into the realm of the spirit. But that is not <coughs> the goal. Realizing the divine is important because without it you cannot work on this. This conquest has to be <laughs> the spirit's conquest over matter. And matter doesn't yield. So that is the whole issue. But if it doesn't yield, then there is no possibility of divine life. That means one will always be <laughs> subject to imperfections, limitations, everything. Take a simple example that we may have... Uh, lot of music inside us. We may have even learnt music. But to play the music you need an instrument. If, if the instrument is not uh, proper, then you can't play that music. So that is the importance of the bodily existence which we have been missing out since uh, a long time in Indian <coughs> thought. It is there in ancient thought but has been lost down the centuries post-Buddhism and post-Shankara. So, Shirobindo brings it back and takes it to its fullness. And that fullness is divinization of the body. <laughs> now, this is also consistent with the whole idea of evolution. So, each time there is evolution, there is a new manifestation. So, matter has already become mentalized. It responds to mind, in human beings at least. 
Why? Because now there are there is a connectedness between the mind and physical matter in a human being. It is not so in lower animals because that connection is not there. So it has already become living thanks to the connection. So in a plant life, matter responds to the force of life. But at the level of you know uh, mountains and rivers, it is not yet there. Though everything is there, but the connectedness is not there. So similarly, when this physical matter, mentalized matter, becomes responsive and open to the divine consciousness, then slowly it will become divinized. Then spontaneously this material life will obey, follow and become a perfect expression of the divine consciousness. This is the logic that operates. And that's why opening to the divine mother is a part of that process, most important. Because opening to the Divine Mother means opening to the Divine Consciousness. Now opening it directly is dangerous. Now the Divine Mother allows that much influx. She regulates the process. Prepares on on one side (laughs) at the material end. On the other hand, how much this being can receive. And so progressively she takes us. So if we try to open matter directly to Divine Consciousness, if at all there exists such a Herculean being. The risk is that it will break down. It's not as simple as that. So it takes time, maybe a few generations, but it's worth the endeavor. At least we have the satisfaction of having lived and living for something (laughs) very beautiful. And it's always been like that. If you see monkeys, uh, they are so curious because the mind is now beginning to stir. And as I was saying, among the nine subspecies of human beings, there is a particular uh, subspecies. I think it is just two subspecies before the modern human or one before that, where first time you can feel the coming of the thinker. Before that, you don't feel the thinker. Mind is playing, stirring. But the thinker begins to come much later, after so much pressure. So we have to understand the time taken in this process. This is not a process of impossible miracles because it is an evolutionary law. The law must change. It won't be, it's not like a miracle happening in a freak person who has become supramental. There is nothing like that. There is a group, islands of humanity. Maybe... Somebody, some people here, some people in Auroville, some people in isolated place, somewhere in Himalayas, some people like your quest group, who knows? I mean, so many small little islands. Yes, which are aspiring towards this because they have the call. And one day as a result of all this combination, there will be a tipping point. That's how the process works. Extremely simple if you look at it. As well as above. So there is a double pressure. So, people will say, but that's not how we see now. See, the problem of science is, the other day I was watching a very interesting debate between a mystic and a scientist. So, scientist says, you know, science is the only way that you can arrive at truth. It is the only seeking. What? 
a scientist, a material scientist, a good scientist understand that scientist operates within the material frame. And unless he stretches it seeking to feel what is beyond the material frame, it will always be limited and matter you can keep stretching any limit. You know, you may find the minutest particle, you can find still more minute, still more minute because there is no limit to that. <clears throat> you can dig into the abyss. But first leap is a leap of faith in the sense there is a possibility which is greater. The faith that is demanded is not in uh, blind superstition. There is a possibility. Then you seek. That's why we seek. And when you seek, because you have already had that, that there is a possibility, you end up discovering a way or means for that. So this is the... Yeah, you can open, 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 always open. So this is how the whole process takes place. Okay, so that's the... So, he has a field in which the material scientists operate and very good. There are ways and means by which he operates. Perfectly fine. But if he has to understand the spiritual science, then he has to fulfill the conditions of the spiritual science and operate through those methods. Fundamentals will remain. Observation, analysis, inference, same process. But he has to enter into that field. Because it's entering into a subjective field where many things are not measurable. Yes, for example, love. How do you measure love? How do you measure faith? They are all ingredients of inner life. Leave aside <coughs> the greater states of consciousness, peace. Now people will say, oh, you are experiencing peace. There is no objectivity. Now the person knows and, and they, it has objective ramifications. You sit in the company of somebody who has realized peace, you feel peaceful. But no, this is a feeling. Now, if you start with that kind of a circular argument, then there is no breakthrough. Then the best is, okay, you don't believe it's perfectly fine. You follow your way. I have my way. So, one agrees to disagree. That's the utmost. But if you are a seeker, you will after some time seek beyond. For the simple reason, because that simply <laughs> man cannot live content only by believing that I am this mass of chemistry. <coughs> then there is no basis for anything, including seeking. Who is seeking truth? Dust. Where is the seeking coming from? So, scientist's argument has a fundamental flaw. So, that is how the process runs. And this is important because what we are going to read is precisely that. He starts, page 21. <clears throat> All now seems nature's vast machinery. So, <laughs> at this point, if we look at things, it's as if there is a mechanical unfolding going on constantly. Machinery. <laughs> An endless servitude to material rule. And long determinations, rigid chain. So this uh, is true that there is as of now a dependency on matter rather than conquest of matter. So obviously if there is an instrument, you are playing and the instrument breaks. So the conclusion that a scientist will draw that look, the music was because of the instrument. 
but music continues even the musician continues the instrument has broken so your field was studying the instrument you must make the instrument perfect but music exists in its own way the manifestation uh, the instrument is a condition for manifesting that music within so this is the fundamental flaw but to believe that musician is dependent on the instrument for the music no that's not true for expressing music he depends on that and long determinations rigid chain her firm and changeless habits aping <coughs> her firm and changeless habits aping <coughs> law so we are told now this is the law one has to grow old one has to fall sick at some point one has to die so well this is not a law but a habit at some point now one one doesn't need to go very far to see it there was an age even material science would recognize there was an age when people lived longer if not 1000 years at least 100 years 20 years was not uncommon even now <coughs> there are regions where people live long so over <coughs> a period of for some reason various reasons now we have a shorter life span so there is nothing secret about that one has to have this much life span you have to find the conditions in which the life span can be longer <laughs> another very interesting example if you see um, at least in india the average height of the girl was much lower than the average height of the man and the average height of the man and woman both were lower compared to their western counterparts now there is a change which is going on physically people have observed that the girls are becoming taller and the average height of man and woman is growing taller so there was nothing sacrosanct that body has to be of this height things change even at the most material level <coughs> but the moment we say it will be like that then we are the one who has turned it into a law it is nothing but a habit of nature and there could be other kinds of habits other kinds of arrangements her empire of unconscious deft device her is of course material nature and everything looks like she has created deft clever devices all through from brain to toe everything is a device annul the claim of man's free human will <coughs> so everything is run according to the machine where is the scope of free will there he too is a machine amid machines so <coughs> what we call as thought will feelings is nothing but the machine the brain cells are twitching neurons and thoughts arise you think you are thinking no you are not thinking it is the brain activity so heart beats faster you feel a certain kind of emotion when it feels uh, beats slower <coughs> you feel you are calmer though the truth may be the other way round but that's how it it is projected and believed a piston brain <coughs> pumps out the shapes of thought <coughs> a beating heart cuts out emotions modes 
So when heart is beating faster, so you feel you are in love or excitement or anger, onrush of energy. When the heart is beating slow, that means uh, you know everything is quiet, cool. So it is the heart that is determining your state, rather than the other way round. That is how the material scientist argues. Though there are a lot of experiment in this regard, which prove the contrary, and yogis are known to influence their heartbeat and breathing patterns simply by the processes of yoga. An insentient energy fabricates a soul. So there is no soul. There is a mechanical energy, and it plays through the brain, combines with the heart, and uses imagination, and you feel that you have found your soul. So that is how you know the science would a kind of material science. Not all scientists, fortunately, there are very good scientists who understand that you know the limits of my sight are not the limits of light, and they do understand that there are phenomena which go beyond our uh, understanding or even observation and perception. They are the true scientists, but there is a kind of you know scientific lobby. I use the word political scientists because they are very keen to. use science for political purposes so it serves to believe that there is nothing but matter <clears throat> because you know why because if you believe there is anything greater than matter then foundations of certain political philosophies collapse so that's why they use the word scientific materialism scientific socialism It's words like that because it it's on as if on this basis all are biological but the moment you bring in sometimes uh, when such a person speaks uh, semi humorously one can say oh so uh, who are you a piece of matter a lump of meat in which case what is the point of listening to all your arguments and everything and equally my arguments if i am a piece of meat that's it so intuitively we know we are not but still it helps to sustain a certain kind of this is political science actually it is not political science the sense science used for political purposes science. science in that as a subject so there are scientists who are genuine scientists they are not limited by these means or the figure of the world reveals the signs of a tide chance repeating her old steps <clears throat> in circles around matters binding post so this is one of the arguments people give that look all this is fine fairy tale but conquest of matter conquest of death it's not possible strange part is material scientists believe it's possible but all our spiritual thinkers they don't believe so they say it's all dream who has seen anybody come alive well um, 100 years or 10000 years back or still further back seeing the ape if somebody said man will come who will fly in a craft nobody would have believed 200 years back 100 15 20 years back when uh, mr right said that i'll like to you know try out a, a aeroplane his father rebuffed it he said he has gone crazy so it's not a question of belief future is not a question of belief future is shaped by what we secretly aspire so if you see the lemarks idea of evolution when there is a challenge something in the species aspire so suddenly giraffes come on earth with long necks we all read it 
so why can't human beings if there is this aspiration faced with the enigma of disease death right now we are trying out a means slowly we will turn within and try inner means and a day will come when we will discover from within a way to heal a way to remain healthy and a way to prolong life and a way not to die so there is nothing impossible logically in it now one day it is not going to happen today because one person thought it will happen maybe a couple of centuries provided this aspiration sustains itself if not still it will return but after which cycle that's a different thing because as such aspirations never die this aspiration that man can physically become immortal has been there since ages yes and it keeps returning keeps returning keeps returning only the conditions have to be correct so conditions obviously a man in ignorance becoming immortal is a dangerous creature so it won't be allowed by nature that's the whole thing that you have to go through the process of yoga inner purification and you know so that one is ready to and its purpose is not immortality for my own sake oh i'll have a life but for the divine manifestation so that is what shurbindo brings in that the effort thus far have been focused on the body largely but the bodily effort has to be subordinated to the influx of a greater consciousness and it a greater force so that we are there there is a lot to be done inwardly inner cleaning inner purification <clears throat> first there are levels of consciousness we should be able to express the body should not break down under the pressure and this way slowly slowly it will reach a point where it is ready to cross the barrier or a tight chance of a tight chance repeating her old steps in circles around matters binding pose a random series of inept events to which reason lends elusive sense is here so if you really look at in one way uh, what happened suddenly somebody meets with an accident falls sick dies so reason tries to give a logic but it's a purely material phenomena <laughs> or it's a chance it happens it can happen to anybody nothing special about it so this is the way chance is a very interesting word chance randomness fate destiny are terms used to cover up our ignorance because we don't know the reason miracles we don't know the cause the process so we use the word or the forces at play we use these nebulous words to cover up our ignorance <clears throat> but there is nothing like chance <clears throat> there has to be a play of forces even pure logic it is impossible what is chance how did the forces operate now the forces operating upon us at any given point of time are tremendous just look at it there are material forces which may include the breakfast you have had how good or bad a sleep you have had then when you are going in a vehicle the condition of the vehicle all these are purely material things then your inner state peace agitation anger your faith your connectedness to something greater higher and of the cosmic play all these are operating simultaneously on all of us forces that are at once material 
psychological, vital and spiritual, they are operating at any given point of time upon any of us. So, we can't uh, normally understand this complex play. So, we use the word chance. Or the empiric lives, or the empiric lives instinctive search, or a vast ignorant mind's colossal work. That is how this creation appears like that. Creation appears when looked at it purely from the point of view of a uh, rigidly rigid scientist. A material scientists now understand that it's not just a uh, there is so much order and law and harmony. It's impossible not to wonder. Even the physical body, if you really look at the physical body, it's impossible not to wonder and, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> see that there is a creator or a consciousness which is working from within. But wisdom comes and vision grows within. So nobody has to convince anyone. Wisdom will come. Inevitable and vision will grow from within. The nature's instrument crowns himself, her king. So, right now, our soul is like a plaything. Wherever nature drags, it goes helplessly. But one day, this being, one day it will be the, it will reach its, it will be the king of all these forces. He feels his witnessing self and conscious power. Instead of being a slave of nature, we begin to become aware of a conscious power that has shaped these steps of world. His soul steps back and sees the light supreme. So this is the inevitable destiny. And what do you discover then? A Godhead stands behind the brute machine. So then we discover that this is a brute machine but there is a Godhead who is constantly working and one day this brute machine, this crude machine must change into a more heavenly instrument worthy of the user. Now start this last movement. This truth broken in a triumph of fire. A victory was won for God in man. The deity revealed its hidden face. So, this truth that comes like a revelation, like a fire. Oh, I need not be a slave of nature. That broken, like a triumph of fire. This fire within, this will within, has emerged. And suddenly, the deity who was hidden in the heart of Savitri, now reveals her face. The great world mother now in her arrows. A living choice reversed, fate's cold, dead turn. So now again connecting to the morning when she wakes up, the great world mother rises in her and she makes a choice. The choice is, no, I don't accept fate. I, I fight with it instead. <clears throat> Affirm the spirit's tread on circumstance. Pressed back the senseless, dire revolving wheel and stopped the mute march of necessity. A flaming warrior from the eternal peaks. She has come to 
fight this battle. Empowered to force the door, denied and closed. Smote from death's visage, it's dumb, absolute. So death is a mask. She is going to tear it off. What is hidden behind the mask? And burst the bounds of consciousness and time. So, this is where book two, book one, canto two ends. <clears throat> and in these two cantos, Shirobindo has introduced us to the theme, to the main protagonist, who is none else but the Divine Mother, why she has come down, what she has come to work out, what this world is as of now, and the change that she wants to bring. She wants to make us masters of destiny and fate. So, you know, um, there are two kinds of mothers. One who will come and keep feeding the child, spoon feeding. So, after a while, what happens to the child? Child, uh, her love becomes uh, a problem. Huh? So, so, there have been always divinities who will come and what you want, bacha, you take it, whatever you want, you take it. But that is one aspect. She wants us to be empowered. So that in future, in time to come, at some point man has to be empowered. Otherwise it makes no sense. There will always be duality. That man will pray and God will grant. Which is good, beautiful. But it can make us also extremely lazy and we stop evolving. So we have to also evolve into that possibility. So the Divine Mothers or the Avatar always comes to show us that it can be done by you. That's what Sri repeatedly speaks of the Avatar. He does not just come to show miracles. He comes to show us that this can be done by you because I can do it as a human being. You too can do it as a human being. Only thing is we have to trust and go forward on the way. So here we can close. Any questions we can <laughs> take. After this starts uh, Ashwapati's Yoga. Pattern. Yeah. <clears throat> it starts with that one line. And that one line on the next canto you can so see. Ah, so now the natural logical question is alright but how has Savitri come upon earth? So open it. Just keep opening otherwise you know what will happen. Uh, ah. so uh, so that's okay but better to open otherwise you know what they are really wanting so um, basically uh, the whole story of Savitri is from the morning when Savitri or rather the night just before the dawn till next day evening when sun is setting that's the story the whole Book is about those 18 hours. Yeah, yeah, that is the day. No, but what all she has done. So now what about the other pages? So Canto 3 onwards, it all goes into a flashback. How she came to earth, who brought her down. So now Ashwapati. So what did he do to bring her down? Why did he, uh, what was he seeking? So, how did Savitri come down? So, Ashapati's tapasya will come. Okay. Then Savitri will be born. How she has grown up. All that in detail. 
so how did she equip herself how did she meet satyavan they got you know uh, married and the prophecy because all that is in the background the poet is showing us from the point where she has woken up and satyavan must die now we are clued about the background story because of our ethos but uh, many people don't know even many people in india don't know about ashwapati for example they know it was he did a yagna and savitri was born what was his yagna why was he doing a yagna why he wanted a child so all that he describes what kind of yagna was it now in the classical story it is a uh, he did yagna for uh, so many days and that's it this is the yagna which so now it will start from canto 3 what tapasya he is engaged in and and uh, all this uh, are shubhendu's own experiences so from canto 3 onwards who is ashwapati he is himself a being who has come from above and he has come to um, he has come with the quest uh, that why is humanity in this state what could be the solution so he arrives at uh, various realizations of yoga all the traditional realizations you will see here then he discovered the secret knowledge and there he discovers a new possibility in canto 5 you'll see a new possibility he says oh so there is a new possibility there is a greater plan so then he says okay this greater plan but if i have this greater plan activated in me whereas others there is nothing that's not fair so he renounces his personal realization Yeah. So when he begins, he begins with a smaller possibility. He so begins. He begins with a uh, an aspiration for a child who will bring immortality. Ha. No, no, no. He begins. Uh, Canto three is about his experiences. We are not much told what kind of tapasya he was doing, but he has experiences which start taking him from one layer to another, to another, to another. Uh, various kind of new experiences actually in canto 3 itself he starts experiencing uh, possibilities of of a superhuman kind that's how the mother put it that many of his experiences are those which the coming humanity will have naturally so they are superhuman experiences now canto 4 is as a result of all this he has a secret knowledge then canto 5 so canto 3 and 5 are actually in continuity shurbindo's words but in 4 there is a kind of interlude secret knowledge what has he discovered till now but the whole uh, experiences which start in canto 3 they continue in canto 5 where he suddenly discovers he says that um, why only me why not this earth that's when he is seized with this aspiration a will a hope immense now seized his heart why not the body itself so that's when he experiences the descent and he realizes that yes it is possible but again he doesn't want it only for himself that's why when people say why did shurabindo not supramentalize himself fools because of us idiots as simple as that <laughs> i mean that's the that's the answer because if he would have gone ahead we would have again put him out there and said so nice can you give me something for my child can you give me something for my exams because that's how we we have 
habitually dealt with divinity like that and there would be such a gap it would be impossible to communicate shining all luminous being half the time we will not even see because he will appear and vanish our eyes are not accustomed so you say oh there is a great being you ask any manat pura ho jayega but he didn't come for that so he renounced this possibility that's what mother keeps reminding us on the samadhi but people ask such silly questions <laughs> why should binda himself did not get uh, immortalized are <laughs> for these fellows <laughs> wearing this skin <laughs> he didn't want his tapasya to bear fruit for him only <laughs> he wanted it to be shared by us but to share with us need some preparation we cannot do that tapasya but at least some preparation who will prepare us divine mother so the mother comes swami is to chalo they don't understand i understand because swamis are anyways self created living in an illusionary cell but uh, devotees and disciples don't understand see swamis i understand that you know they have limitations of intellect limitations of everything unfortunately they wear a garb and suddenly they are installed so they have to act wise it is the worst situation to be in to wear a garb and then you have to act wise <laughs> so they have no choice <laughs> <laughs> see the papal robe is a big <laughs> burden <laughs> that some people bear but uh, then the divine mother comes she says okay i'll prepare so he says that you know i can't uh, prepare them i am experiencing it but i want others to have it so she says others are not ready you are ready first she will say that last part of ashwapati's yoga book 3 canto 4 He says, "No, but I want it for others. You have to make them ready." She says, "But man will break down if I come prematurely." He says, "Nothing doing. Everything is possible for you. You can change time. You can change everything." <laughs> Then she says, "Okay, I will come. I will come." So she comes and prepares mankind. That preparation is going to take long. But then. from book 4 uh, onwards you have mother coming growing up savitri and satyavan uh, satyavan is ideal ideal human disciple the soul which says you have come all doubts cleared offered at your feet descend upon our soil where we are lying and if i have nothing much to give you but simple things i can give you some fruit some running stream no aqua guard filter or anything if you are satisfied with all this please come that's how satyavan actually addresses her no if you are ready so this is the offering who can make such offering the bhakta of the bhaktas divine does not want ostentatious things patram pushpam phalam to yam but whatever is there give completely he doesn't want that big mic to be arranged billboards to be put up with such hoardings he doesn't want he doesn't like show off are you give yourself so she gives himself and savitri accepts and whom does she leave behind before meeting satyavan is also interesting all the saints and sages and swami ji 
Yeah, in the quest. In the quest, Savitri is now searching for the ideal mate. And she goes all around. She rejects them. They are not ready. But Satyavan is ready. Because they are all filled with their own knowledge. And they have their knowledge. It's not that they have their own experiences. So if they accept this yoga of transformation, they have to renounce that. Satyavan is surrendered. Ah, yeah. So Satyavan, while living normally, has gained a lot. He is this Veda knower of the unwritten book. Satyavan is described like that. So he has got it all spontaneously. Certain truths by dwelling upon life, by leading a true life, sincere life. So, and then he said, he says something is missing. That when I turn to the self, I lose the body. When I turn into the body, I lose the self. Uh, this is my problem. <laughs> like a child, mother, this is my problem. I want all the time both to be filled. Then she says, she comes down. And I so believe that canto. And I was completely satisfied. But now... Exactly. So this is the... Satyavan. Then book 6. She says, okay, I hold you. Take you together. So death says, whatever you may do, you are a divine being. This fellow is under my grip. I won't leave him. So Satyavan must die. Destiny. Now this is where the problem starts. Savitri has to, she is not doing yoga for herself. But for earth and humanity, those who are Willing to go through the process. So she equips herself. So book 7 is about, she must uh, recapture all that she is and who she is and what for she has come. So book 7 is the book of yoga. Okay, now book 8. Just see what is the canto. It's interesting. Death in the forest is what canto? Yes. Ah, so these two are the missing cantos. So originally what happens is in the scheme of Savitri, Shribindu wrote canto 1, canto 2. What is the logical thing next now? She wants to walk into the forest where there will be death, isn't it? So in the original plan, it was book 1, canto 1, what we read. Book 1, canto 2, the issue. Book 1, canto 3. Death in the forest. Okay. But then, <clears throat> while he brought all other things, for whatever reason, he left the canto. He did not change it to, I mean, the Lord. And it's so beautiful. Thanks, he did not change it. Now we can connect it. So, there it starts reconnecting with the story of this morning. So, just read a few lines from there. I'll read. Huh, which I'll just read one line from there. So you see, she has woken up in the morning and then what happens? Then Canto 3, Death in the Forest. Now it was here in this great golden dawn. By her still sleeping husband, Lane, she gazed. Now you see, the whole thing is connected. She has got up 
and Satyavan is still sleeping. Yeah. So it has remained as Canto 3. But this is where the flashback connects. So now she wakes up and Satyavan is sleeping. She is gazing at Satyavan. So there is a beautiful description. Just a few lines we'll read, just to see, you know. Now it was here in this great golden dawn. By her still sleeping husband, Lane, she gazed into her past as one about to die, looks back upon these sunlit fields of life, where he too ran and spotted with the rest. Lifting his head above the huge dark stream, into whose depths he must forever plunge. So, now she looks at Satyavan and you can see the first two canto and the third canto. Connectivity is very obvious, but their levels are very different from the rest of Savitri. So, you will see that this canto 3 will be like, uh, it is an earlier draft. It has not been much revised. So, you will see the difference of uh, how Shubindo takes on from Book 1, Canto 3, to what heights of grandeur. This is still like a hill, mountain, running through that terrain. Because from there it's been brought all fast forwarded here. Yes, also because he did much work on it. It was an earlier draft. So, but later on the yoga and the experiences accumulated. <coughs> Hmm. So, book of death was left unrevised, the whole book of death. But Canto in the book of death, Canto 3 still belongs to much earlier version. Whereas the rest of book, book 9, book 10, book... Huh. <coughs> no, even these other books were written later on. So, even though they are all unrevised, but book 8, single Canto, was written much earlier. Whereas 9, 10, 11 were written later. In 20s, right? in 1920s. Yeah. So that is why you will see the unevenness. Then it, she will go, afternoon will be there and uh, she is waiting when, what will happen. And suddenly death comes, closes in, Satyavan dies. Then she goes in pursuit of Satyavan for conquering death. Now why she has to do that? She is a Jagan Mata. She can simply suddenly reveal herself and that's the whole point. This is to change the law. Death must be convinced. See, we have been doing all this all the time. Uh, if you have a problem, Acha, minister sahab ko bata dena. So, hamara ho jayega. Oh, ho jata hai. That's not the issue. Hamara ho jayega, but dusre ka nahi hoga. Dusre ko bhi, you know, the other person also has to find some contact. But the law will remain archaic. So she doesn't want that. She wants to change the law. That's why Satyavan must die. That's why each of us must go through the process until... Huh, it's a process. It's not like, okay, f- for me suddenly she will do an arbitrary miracle. She will do. All that is one part. But the real work is this change. So death has to consent. And it consents at a point of time. And then she says, alright, Good, you have 
given but uh, he he be my instrument so still it resists so that's when she burns away the mask of death and in place of death there is the one who was hiding behind so he says savitri it's wonderful great you have done it nobody could do it but the point is man is not ready again the same problem comes in says you want me to suddenly change everything but uh, man, man is not ready she says yes i know but if man is i will take i take the undertaking but if man is not ready then let a greater being arise doesn't matter but it has to be done so after quite a bit of back and forth convincing he says okay he is the cosmic divine who is hidden inside various all the masks he says okay then you also know i do not grant things which are beyond me within the cosmic law i can give you but this is beyond the cosmic law okay so the law has to change that only the transcendent can change so you have to bring the transcendent into play so you go there ascend and bring down so there when she goes you have the voice and she herself is there and she you know it's a very beautiful description but see the interesting part in indian thought you have this that all the asuras they ask boon so they ask for asuras they ask for immortality now why do all the three gods at different points of time to different beings express their inability to grant immortality and they are not liars you cannot they are part of the cosmic divine they cannot exceptional cases they can intervene that's what the cosmic divine can do at the most i can intervene and also they add the riders yeah no no because the first part is they cannot give immortality so they are not lying they say we cannot grant that so what about the next possibility that you ask so within that realm of possibility when the asuras ask this is this i can grant you so it is not a cunning they are playing they are being factual immortality they cannot grant and for that you need the transcendent divine sanction their limit exactly which people often passively when they notice they don't realize they think oh they can grant they are just playing the fool no they 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 are great beings they are not expected to tell a lie just because <laughs> then they might as well not give anything knowing the chaos he is going to create so they cannot grant it but within the realm of cosmic possibility they can help intervene sometime that much is given to them to a particular devotee but they cannot change the law it's not given to them so she goes and brings the divine acceptance or the assurance or the tathastu and then after that she comes back now when she brings in <coughs> book 12 now we are back to the scene it is late evening satyavan has died and returned back <laughs> and dumat sena his father has got the kingdom so they are all coming it's been late they went in the morning so no telephone nothing so you know parents are all worried and so many good things have happened that day they want to share with satyavan they can't find so they are calling satyavan savitri where are you suddenly they discovered that they are lying below a tree 
and all that has happened nobody knows so but they see a glow and they ask what has happened something has happened so satyavan says it looks like we have seen the face of eternity but he is not conscious no he is not gone that way he was carried something has happened and all because of her who stands by my side he doesn't know what has happened but he says that give lay all on her she is the cause of all so then they turn to her and ask ask that uh, what happened she doesn't say i went into realm of death and won the victory she says <laughs> to feel love and oneness is to live <coughs> is all the truth i know or seek or search so she says very cryptic words she says i have to feel love and oneness to feel love and oneness is to live is all the truth i know or seek o sage that's all so they wonder at her two luminous words what has she spoken what does it mean means we are not living or what so hard that to feel love and oneness is to live and this the magic of our golden change is all that seek o sage awaken to the meaning of my heart that to feel love and oneness is to live and this the magic of our golden change is all the truth i know or seek o sage so then ah epilog last uh, last bit then what happens it is night it's the last page of savitri last page it's the last page okay so now we are connected to the night again 115.24 from the entangling gorgeous street they came into hmm. the dimness of the sleeping earth so you see it starts at night before the dawn and now it is late evening so that is how it connects and in between the whole creation and creator all are packed into savitri we our story the human journey ashpati which is shurbindo's own experiences savitri the divine mother's experiences the yoga the yogas all the yogas the cycles of time everything is packed in those 18 hours by the flashback of course Three, three bowls. Is the same story which you all of us, yeah. Yes. So. So that's what is also symbolic. That is also symbolic. <coughs> It will come. The Sri Aurobindo is kept faithful to the storyline. There is no change there. that's the beauty no it's it's very interesting there are these three boons also where she gets children dumat senamash get his eye all that satyavan desires but she he puts it like a masterly way he says first i want all that satyavan's heart desired 
It's not like, you know, she says what he desired he could not get. What a love. So, well, he desired that, you know, parents should be uh, <laughs> having eyes, their kingdom. So, all that will come back. Second, then he says, you know, okay, now this is enough. You, have, you are a fool. You have asked for transient things. Anyways, enjoy till one day I will take them away. So, he says, no, I am not going back without Satyavan. He says, what do you mean? I have given you boon. He says, you have not done any favor on me. You have to give them. So he is all, you know, full of scorn. That look, this lady, she doesn't know my power. I have given the boons because death can give the time-bound boons. So then she says, he says that, okay, uh, you go back. I give you such offsprings. They will be very mighty. Now he doesn't put a clause there that, through your husband or offspring means you can go back get married. You have offspring. There is no issue. So then Savitri tells him that I am not going back now without my husband. He says, but why? He says, because your boon is resisting. Your gifts resist. He says, how my gifts are resisting? He says, how can I have... Are you asking me to do adharma? To go back get... <laughs> So he says, yeah, yeah, what is there? You know, you new faces will come, you'll forget. He says, no, I'm not that kind. I will uh, have children through him. Now he doesn't know. He's caught in his own. Then, in the traditional myth, <coughs> before the boons, there is also argument between death and... So in that <coughs> argument, you'll see Yamaraja changing into Dharmaraja. Last argument is that what is your dharma? So here also, you see progressively, of course, Shubhinder has prolonged it to, uh, to fill in everything. Uh, all the different stances of Yama change. Finally, he becomes a being of dharma. And he says, well, I understand what you are saying. And I respect for who you are. And I can see you have the knowledge. You have the dharma. But uh, I am now curious to know who you really are. Show yourself to me. I also want to worship the world mother. All my life, I have been, my life means I have done this dirty job, but I never had a chance to have a glimpse of the divine mother. Show yourself. So that's when she unveils. It's a beautiful description and she shows who she is. So the, uh, Shubindu describes that, you know, the uh, her, her robe, uh, is like the calm hotter of heaven. Her forehead is like that. And you know, these eyes are like the sun burning in the splendor of the sky and each of the centers. And then now he is suddenly overtaken. He wanted to worship. Now he is going to finish. In, who will stand a place? But this was her trick. Now he has no choice but to either dissolve completely, change, or else run away somewhere. So he tries to run away, resist, because her presence begins to become a torture to his darkness. He was not expecting that. He thought, Divine Mother will, I'll see and worship and pray and maybe I'll get a boon or two. And Satyavan, anyways, we'll see that later. But he is completely overtaken and uh, he, he says that, well, he doesn't say anything. He simply begins to experience torture in his whole being. But darkness is like that. No, it feels the torture of light. And what the Divine Mother does, now he doesn't do anything. She starts licking up his thoughts, licking up his uh, heart, everything, so that 
it can change so he he experiences her presence as a splendid agony in his nerves that's how shubhendra describes yeah ha yeah and at the end of it his darkness crumbles to dust releasing man's soul that i cannot okay take the soul and take this but she has not come only for satyavan so for the greater purpose this is the step so suddenly she experiences that there is a glass wall between her and satyavan even though they are alone and that is because this has to be she knows the law that not just catching and taking him back it must change so the being who was wearing the mask the cosmic divine he comes says now what do you want you take satyavan you go into the highest realm live forever with him she says no i want him back on earth with me he says it can be granted but you do you understand what it means it means upsetting all the laws gods will become inferior to human being what do i tell them the link will be broken evolutionary link men will have no karmic bondage nothing the whole chain will be gone they will live free as as the gods it's too much to ask but savitri says no um, i am not asking satyavan for my joy to go there and live forever in boundless satyavan boundless savitri i am asking his heroic soul to battle for life divine on earth because two of us are indissolubly linked together we have to create life divine here at the end he very beautiful passages i don't want to get into it because uh, i won't like to stop then and anyways we'll read all that and then she says okay if such be the case all right go further <laughs> that's where the decisive <laughs> choice is made so she makes the choice and comes back it's amazing as you go through you'll see the conversion of death so beautiful the slow passage yeah the woman woman ah and even at the end when there is the divine uh, who grants the supreme he also there also he writes the woman she is the eternal feminine who understand the agony of creation there is a line that i am woman i see i am or something like this do you remember what does that mean so he says ki you are being irrational you are not being logical because uh, there is no god here there is if at all there is god he is beyond he has nothing to do with earthly life so if you have this knowledge you will be really free of this anxiety to bring back satyavan this desire this attachment all this he is throwing those things no so she says i see uh, or things like that i act i will so then he says no also knowing you will cease to love ha 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 so she says when i have loved all then i shall know 
Sabka, exactly. That's what she says, oneness. I know that love is a vast embrace. That's how she puts it. So, all this we have covered in beach office. So, it's very interesting, you know. Coming back to me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was in short. So, there, yeah. So, now we can do this systematically. <clears throat> so we can do it time to time every time you come so what we can do is let's say uh, Canto 3 we will just pick up here and there Canto 4 we will dwell at some length then Canto 5 we will again pick up from like that we will cover up in the next one uh, up till book 1 we can finish which one? Ha, ah, the world stair. But that's a long uh, we that we have to uh, uh, but otherwise it's all available on the uh, So symbolic meaning is Dhyamatsena uh, Satiwan's father is the divine mind, just as Satiwan is the soul. So father means out of the mind the soul emerges. It is not born out of the mind, but it emerges out. So, but he is blind. So, the mind is blind. So, it must restore its sight. Mind has emerged from the divine mind. But here it is blind because it is put on matter's robe. So, it cannot see. It doesn't know what is going to happen next moment. So, Dhimatsena gaining sight means, once again human beings developing that intuitive uh, sight through which they can Understand life better, know better, and act better. Ha. So, offspring means offspring of Savitri and Satyavan. So, all the divine energies which should be there, you know, in creation, which cannot come, the soul cannot fully bring out all its possibilities without the divine mother simultaneously entering into a mystic marriage. So, that is why offsprings. So, offspring is always like that. New energies. Yes, yes. And the, and the new energies. That's how they are. Like if one sees a child in a dream or vision, it is about seeing either some aspect of the new consciousness or your own psychic being. So, technically, yes, they are extension because they are also called as Santan. But actually it is about the new energies which are hidden inside which come out and thereby they extend. So they mean. Yes. So all these new possibilities, new powers, new energies, new states of consciousness emerging as a result of coming together of Savitri and Satyavan are the children. And of course the kingdom is uh, the kingdom of glory which man has lost is a helpless creature. Walking on two. <laughs> Again, not born, emerged. It is involved there in creation, it will emerge. So, that's how in, in the Vedas often you will see also the fire. 
is described as a child. How is a child? <laughs> He's the youngest one. So mind is the elder. We become aware of a mind before and of our soul in the end, much later. I mean, in the sequence of evolution. Of course, once you are aware, then next life also you are aware fast. But even then, you will go through physical, vital, mental development. Then suddenly, the soul begins to step out. So, it emerges. Just as mind emerges out of the vital. And vital emerges out of matter. But because of this emergence, ignorantly it is felt that they are born out of it. Or built out of it. But that's where the scientist mistakes that you cannot build something out of nothing or if it's not already there as a possibility. That's where Shivindu speaks of involution preceding evolution. Actually, matter has been mentalized. But vital, first it has to be vitalized, it cannot. Yeah, then matter. Yeah, comes under. Simultaneous process, but. Yes, and divinized. And divinized further. But the end point, end user is matter. I mean, end result is matter. <laughs> Ah, yes, it's all there. Yeah. yeah. Because it's easy to, um, let's say, even supramentalized mind and the vital. Shobindu speaks of that. But it must penetrate into matter for the full perfection to take place. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Otherwise, a lot of people do this, as you said. They enter into a state where, which is of a kind of cosmic intelligence. And they don't use the vital at all except for their everyday uh, minimum activity. And, and the they. Not yes, it's all there. But yogi is sitting on the whirlpool. Ah, the day it explodes, it explodes. So they have enough safeguard not to let it explode. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, so at least we can switch it off now.